Hey, this is Matilda Aguirre Cooper, and you're listening to Finesse Your Wellness, the podcast that explores what it means to thrive and live well. On today's episode, I wanted to get into the topic of stress. Now, as a Black woman who can admit to feeling stress one too many times over the span of my life, I have come to realize that it's something that's so easy to play down. Like when I was going hard on my hustle at the start of my career, there was never really much consideration around the impact of stress or the role it might be playing in all the things I was trying to figure out as a young person, like financial pressures, friendships, being black, you know, the likelihood of encountering discrimination, racism, not to mention sexism, you know, that whole intersectionality that black women experience. So then stress has this weird way of becoming a bit too comfortable in our day to day. And in some cases, being in a constant state of stress is almost considered a sign of putting the work in, being accomplished or justifying who you are and what you do. That is so twisted, right? Because that's not supposed to be the case. And while life can throw curveballs, which might lead to stressful situations, we can actually do something about the stress we can control in our lives. So I tapped at my friend, London psychotherapist Karen Hartley, to discuss stress in more detail and what we can all do about it. Girl, thank you so much for coming onto the Finesse Wellness Podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to kind of delve into this topic today. Yeah, it's also very interesting that we're doing this in such a formal way, given the fact that we've known each other for nearly 20 years, if not 20 years. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, then it'll be interesting once we kind of dig into, you know, just our relationship and Mm -hmm. maybe where this um, topic might be relevant. But um, before we hop into it, I'm just super curious to know, What was it about this area of psychotherapy that led you to focus on it? Like, what was it about stress? I mean, if I'm being honest, Matilda, I don't know if it's something that I consciously was like, this is an area I'm going to focus on. I feel, you could say the good Lord. It's just, it was just apparent that a lot of my clients were presenting these issues. I was like, well, actually, maybe this is what you could say was called to do, but this underneath the umbrella of a lot of the things that were coming in with anxiety and stress was was the root of everything so yeah I kind of just felt I was kind of just pushed into it really if that makes sense and just the fact that you had so many clients who were coming to you talking mm-hmm. about it had that changed your perception of what stress actually was like what was what did you think it was before and how has that kind of changed since you've started focusing on it yeah I guess it has changed my perception in terms of maybe how I thought it would present. I think I was very limited in terms of how I thought present would, uh, sorry, how stress would present itself. And obviously the longer that I've been doing this work and the more variety of clients that I see, it's just such a wide spectrum in terms of stress. And I think that's one of the reasons why people don't recognize it. I think people just kind of box it into one category. And unless you present this way, then, oh no, I am stressed. I think there still is a bit of a taboo around it. In terms of how I manage myself and how I present, I don't want to come across as stressed because I feel some people still might perceive it as a weakness, actually. So I need to be seen as functioning and managing everything okay, you know? So especially within our community. I guess we'll get into that a little later. So. 
So maybe starting with the foundation, Mm -hmm. what would you say, if this is indeed possible, a simple way to define stress? Stress. I'd say stress is the body's reaction to a threat. Basically, we're going to get certain cues from the brain and our body or our mind is going to start reacting to those cues. So most times when it comes to stress, there's been a trigger, whether there might be something going on at work, whether there's some financial issues, so racism, bullying, there's been a trigger and something has come on across that has triggered this kind of internal reaction in your body. Right. And how does that internal reaction tend to show up? How does it show up? I mean, it could be irritability. It could show up as fatigue. It could show up in increased heart rates, insomnia, um, loss of appetite, you know, uh, increased heart weight. Excessive worrying, I guess that's kind of some of the the ways that it would show up. I mean, there's a lot more on the spectrum, but I guess those are some of the common ones. Oh, I guess if we take it even further in terms of stress, in terms of, I guess, some of the behaviours that might come into it, we might then start going down to risky behaviours, whether that be increased alcohol drinking, drugs, promiscuity, in terms of just being able to manage the stress, you know? So, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess that's another extension of... Whew, what this looks like and how I'm trying to manage it in maybe an unhelpful way. So yes, chest pains, headaches. Oh, wow. I guess, you know, you could even say arthritis, actually. It's interesting. I had a client who presented a lot of stress and then they told me that they now got arthritis. I was like, okay. Wow. And I guarantee that is a symptom of this huge amount of stress that you're going through at the moment. So, yeah. What's interesting to me about this particular topic is Stress is one of those things where culturally we reference, maybe sometimes in a very throw about way, kind of just, oh, I'm feeling stressed. And sometimes you might use it as a catch-all to just maybe feeling a little bit, I don't know, unhappy, <laughs> you know, or the opposite of feeling kind of joyful and, and thriving and all sorts. And I remember growing up, it was one of those things that my mom always focused on, especially with me, like, hey, no stress, so no stress, no stress. And she used to always, <laughs> my mother's Nigerian, and she used to talk about the fact that stress can have such a negative impact on you, you know, just kind of feeling a particular way. And for me, if I think about how stress has probably shown up or how I recognize stress in myself, it's probably frustration. (laughs) Mm. You know, it's probably this kind of intense feeling of frustration slash irritability. Um, But I suppose I'm quite curious to know how, at what point do you take it seriously? Like at Mm. what point do you think to yourself, because I'm feeling this way, I should do something about it or not. You know what I mean? Like how serious does one take stress? (laughs) I guess it's interesting. It depends on the individual because I think when I think about myself and how I just stress show up, I think I can relate to the irritability or maybe I'll just shut down, you know, or I think I feel really fatigued. And I think one of the problems is people often don't recognise they're stressed until it's too late, until the stress is actually in place, you know. We don't catch it while we're maybe in the beginning stages, it's not until, oh my gosh, my body's aching or maybe my hair's starting to fall out. It's like, whoa, I didn't even realize how stressed I was. So I think it depends on the individual. I think it depends on how long the stress is lasting. As I said, if I have an exam coming up, the reality is you're going to be stressed. Once the exam is over, have those stress symptoms decrease a little? I guess then we're also talking about if it's long-term stress and we then 
going into the kind of anxiety bucket then. If it's affecting your general mental health, I think that's when we start to need to look at it a bit more seriously. But it depends. It depends on the individual. It depends on how serious they're taking the stress. And as I said, it depends on how long it's lasting. Is it short-term? Is it pockets of kind of short-term interim distress? Or is it a long-term? This has been maybe three, four weeks. Am I then going into the anxiety bucket? Am I then maybe going into depression? You know, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was something you touched on just then. And that's this idea that people only tend to deal with it once it's too late. And it kind of takes me back to probably 10 years ago now where I noticed my hair was getting really Mm. thin. Um, I don't know if you remember, I'm pretty sure I flagged it. (laughs) And um, I went to see Natasha, the trichologist. Do you remember Mm -hmm. her? You used to go to church with us? I do Um, remember. Yeah. And I went to see her because I had no clue what was going on. I think I just initially thought it was because I was wearing braids way too much. Um, And, you know, potentially it might have been potentially traction alopecia. Um, But she actually diagnosed it as something else, which basically alluded to the fact that my hair loss was caused by stress or stress might have been one of the reasons why I was losing my hair. And I think Mm -hmm. that was probably the first time that I realized that my body can have a physical response to my emotions or the way I'm dealing with other situations. And I think for me, and I don't know, you may be able to relate or maybe you observe this within myself when I was Mm -hmm. younger, I was more than happy to just go hard or go home, (laughs) (laughs) especially when work was concerned, career, burning the candle at both ends and not even thinking twice about what impact that could have on me. I mean, do you feel because stress is now part of the lexicon or maybe it's just a little bit more common now or at the forefront of people's minds, people are now maybe changing their behavior to kind of avoid it. Do you feel, have you noticed kind of people just being a bit more conscious of it? Yes. I'd say hundred percent. Yes. Especially off the back of COVID lockdown. And then we're, we're just in, I guess, very challenging times with a lot of uncertainty. I guess people kind of felt like we was kind of over the hump in terms of COVID and kind of coming out of the other side of that. And now we have the cost of living crisis and that's bringing a whole new wave of uncertainty. And then we have social media and mental health is very much a kind of buzzword and everyone's talking about it now. So I think people, there is a pocket of people that still take it seriously. And then unfortunately there's still a bunch of people that just kind of disregard and maybe don't realise the severity and the impact that stress can have on your mental physical being you know so but I do think overall that people are starting to take it a little bit more seriously in terms of just just how they're managing their day-to-day how they're managing their stress levels and how they're managing their mental health nice and looking at your clientele have you noticed any trends amongst black women and women of color when it comes to stress I guess when people first come through the door it's never I'm stressed Mm-hmm. It's never, that's not the forefront of, of why I'm coming here. I guess when we, we start to peel back the layers, it's like, okay, actually. And I guess when we're talking about stress as well, sometimes often I link it to trauma. There's been a trauma that's been involved. And unfortunately, when we talk about traumas, people always think about the major traumas. But as I said, if there's a race, 
if there's something going on at work and maybe there's some bullying at work, that's traumatic. That's a minor trauma that she's going to lead to constant stresses. If we talk about maybe microaggressions, again, it is constant stress that's going to take a toll on your mental being, you know? So, oh, sorry, I've gone off in a tangent as I do. I forgot what the question was. <laughs> I, was I mean, you answered it. I was just saying, what have you noticed amongst Black women okay. and women of colour? Yeah, I guess in terms of stress and as a segue, how much it's recognised and where the empathy is, actually, when we talk about women of colour, I'm stressed, but this perception that I can maybe handle the stress levels better than maybe my counterparts, I'm stronger. And it sounds foolishness, but the reality is that is still very, that's still much happening. So yeah, mm. just in terms of the stress they have and how are they being supported? Yeah. Whether it be, I just said work, even in family. Well, actually, what's wrong with you? What, what are you talking about? Stressed. <laughs> Especially when we talk about certain generations and old school parenting that still can't get their head around. What well, I don't understand. You have a job, a roof over your head. What, what could you possibly be stressed about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm convinced that, you know, our parents and grandparents generations are still probably dealing with their own collective trauma oh yes <laughs> you know and who knows if they'll ever recognize that yeah. in, in a meaningful way but yeah I, I definitely think that's where that comes from you yeah. know and I agree <laughs> exactly um and yeah I think just the strong black woman trope is very unhelpful I, yeah. I, I think um what's quite fascinating is that you know, a few years ago, everybody, I say everybody, <laughs> there was this trend around Black Girl Magic. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, you know, it, it's still floating around. And then at some point people were like, well, why do we have to be associated with magic? <laughs> like, why can't yes. it just be Black Girl Normality? But it just so happens to be fabulous and fantastic. Um, and then recently it feels like there's this trend around the soft life. Mm -hmm. What's oh, your yes. thoughts on that? Soft life, I guess. Like, is it a meaningful? It, do you feel like it's a meaningful way of countering the challenges of stress and anxiety and, and all these various things? Is it enough, even? I don't know if it's enough because even when I, when you said the term soft life, oh, I can't think of the word now. It's so subjective, you know. You can say that, and what do, what soft life? I might interpret soft life as a meaning as compared to, I don't know, three other ladies in front of me. Um, and I guess my issue maybe with the soft life is what does that mean that we don't face challenges or we, we, we don't lean into certain things now? Does that mean we're now kind of going into the avoidance? Uh, because mm. it's, it's, it's such a, a tricky one, especially when I think about maybe these Gen Zs and I see these things on TikTok and, you know, work's done at five. I'm not finishing after five because mental health, da, 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 you know, so it, it's a tricky one. Yeah, I'm not sure about that because, again, my concern is, okay, we're doing this soft life, but, again, is it a way of avoiding certain things that need to be leaned into? So, mm, yeah. That's a word. Like, do you know the um, rapper Dochi? No. Man, she's just one of these new school rappers. <laughs> who's Actually, mm. she's mad fly. You know, I'm trying to stay young. I'm trying to stay <laughs> tap. We all are, girl. Um, <laughs> and it's so funny because she has a song called Stressed. And yeah. one of the lyrics is you use coping mechanisms when you're stressed out, but those things can become a weapon towards you too. Um, mm. And I think not to kind of say that soft life, we're kind of weaponizing it against ourselves, but I think mm -hmm. there is something in almost putting a Band-Aid yes. um, across something. And in some respects, a soft life almost manifests itself 
on social media, right? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't hear people necessarily talking about it offline. It's almost like how you present as opposed to how you actually deal. Yes. Mm. So maybe kind of getting a little bit personal, if you, if mm-hmm. I may. Of course. What has been one of the most stressful situations you ever you've ever dealt with, and and how did you handle it? Oh, one of the most stressful. Oh, I should have really thought. I mean, there's been a few things. I guess when I, I think about my mom. I mean, I'm quite open with it. My mom has mental health, and she's schizophrenic. And in terms of stress, yeah, I'd, I'd like to think as her daughter, I'd have certain access to certain information. But in terms of mental health. She still has a lot of privacy, although I sometimes feel like she's not of a sane mind to make certain choices. So that is that is where my frustration levels hit the roof in terms of, I feel like I'm being shut out and this is stressing me out because if something was to happen to my mom, then where am I? And I don't have certain information. So that is a continuing stress when I choose to lean into it, if I'm being honest with you, because there's times, because we live in a different city, I can just be like, well, don't see her. Might not torture as often, so I can kind of maybe go into the avoidance and out of sight, out of mind. Obviously, there's always things at work. I remember there was a time when um, I currently work as a PA as alongside um, therapy, and I was supporting someone. And in a nutshell, someone left the company, and I kind of got overlooked and sidestepped. And this other PA was then then took over my role. But it's just the way, as always, I think with most things, how it was handled, just the disregard uh the lack of sympathy the lack of support so that was really stressful and I guess it kind of ties into what you just said in terms of black woman because I felt there was this, still this pressure of I must present and smile at work when the reality is I have all these things going on I haven't even been given the time or the space to process what's happening but I still have to show up you know so that's a couple of the things I'm sure there's a long list but those were the two that came to the forefront yeah mind, tell me so. about it and, and I do wonder if work is probably yeah. the most stressful situations that we as black women have to deal with because mm-hmm. when I think about my own personal experiences I mean breakups is up there for sure yeah. like oh yeah <laughs> you know or just dealing with certain confrontations and yes. you know how to manage that but I definitely feel that Work can be such a minefield. <laughs> yeah. We spend so much time there and you never know what's around the corner as far yeah. as, you know, encounters and mm-hmm. situations, you know, in my field, clients, you know, you yes. want to make sure that they're happy. They may throw curveballs and it's like, okay, yeah. how do I deal with this? And I suppose over the years I've thankfully developed a degree of resilience and yes. you know I suppose I have like maybe the tools that I that I kind of reach for when it comes to to managing stress but yeah I suppose what would you advise maybe focusing on, on the work piece for a moment because I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate like when it comes to stressful situations at work like you know the situation you dealt with you know yeah. what's something that people could can do to manage that I think first and foremost, you need to talk to somebody. So you need to find a safe space. That's not necessarily therapy. I mean, if you've got it, of course, lean into it. But I think most importantly, you need to lean into your support system so that you can voice and get it out. Because a lot of times, especially when we're stressed, and then I am kind of segueing into anxiety, we're just ruminating over all those thoughts and everything that's been happening in our head. And it needs to come out because it's going to leak out. 
if we don't talk it out. So my first thing would be recognize what's happening and acknowledge it actually, because sometimes people go through these things. It's kind of, I use a Jay-Z line, brush the dirt off my shoulder. Well, no, no, no. The reality is you're going through something and it's affecting you. So acknowledge it. I think that's the first point. Acknowledge that actually I'm angry or there's been some injustice and then we can move to, okay, I say talking it out. You need to talk it out so you can process what's happening for you. And then I don't know what, depending what the work issue is, you might have your next plan of action with, I don't know, whether you're meeting with a manager. Obviously it depends what's going on at work, but I really think it's important to acknowledge and recognise what's happening, not this whole, it happened and I'm just going to push through. And I guess some, uh, to some degree we do, but you have to acknowledge what is happening, what's going on inside of you. you know? Yeah. And I'm glad you kind of mentioned as well that, you know, yes, therapy is an avenue and, and you know, that's an avenue where so many people have turned to you, but there is something in safe spaces, right? You know, like I can't tell you how many fly girl runs or events where afterwards, if we we get a bite to eat, I mean, we are like, girl, Mm. (laughs) let me tell you something. (laughs) And it's just an opportunity for people to either vent or share or get a different perspective. And I think part of the reason why people love the runs and events is because it's almost a bit of a group therapy session. I was going to say, yeah, it's therapeutic. It's very therapeutic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So no, I I feel you. And maybe touching on that, what sort of research exists around maybe the benefit of like movement and exercise Mm. when it comes to managing stress? I mean, I feel a lot of people know, you know, we, we read it and we hear it all the time. Exercise. Exercise is so important in terms of just managing, just getting out there, you know, releasing those endorphins. We hear it all the time in terms of your diet, in terms of trying to get good sleep. Although if you're stressed, you might not be able to get a good, healthy sleeping habit, you know, but sometimes it's the little and simple things. And, you know, when I'm working with clients, I'm like, guys, I've mentioned journaling. And I'm going to continue mentioning journaling because it's not something you just do once. This might be something you have to continue doing, even when the stress has gone, actually. Continue doing it. But I think people, one, underestimate those simple things, actually, and the difference it's going to make. And they have to be consistent with it as well. I think a lot of time, even sometimes when I have clients, it's a quick fix. Okay, give me the tools and I'll try it once and that's it. It's like, mm, it doesn't quite work like that depending on what the root of the stress is as well. So, yes, but we've seen, we read it all the time, as I said, in terms of exercise, sleeping, your diet, all those different things, you know, journaling, mindfulness, meditation, therapy, you know, all of those things make a difference. They're going to have a positive impact. Especially if you're stressed and let's say you're working from home and you're constantly in your house, you haven't even had any fresh air. Obviously, that's not going to help your stress. You know, what are you listening to? What are you watching? All of those things are going to have an impact. That's so interesting about the, especially like the, what are you watching? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like the other day I watched, um, I watched this movie. Um, mm-hmm. if I, yeah, it was Escape Room. And okay. girl, I'm like, first of all, this is a horror. <laughs> this is not a thriller. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think it was Jay Ellis actually that drew me to that. Because I was like, oh, oh yes, Ellis, I've seen isn't it. it? <laughs> Let me watch this. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't sleep for like yeah. two days straight. And I really thought to myself, how can people, I suppose, <laughs> put themselves under this undue stress <laughs> for the sake I mean, of entertainment? 
I, mean, I, I, I should know better, but I, I was still sometimes watching her. I, and I should know better, Matilda, because like, Karen, you know you don't enjoy these films, but but why? Are you losing Why are you watching? Time? It depends on her. Do you remember when, because um, <laughs> it wasn't really a horror, it was a thriller. What was that program we watched, Matilda, on Netflix? Is it, oh, is it behind her eyes? Oh, Lord. And that wasn't even that scary. <laughs> remember no, I told you, like, girl. No, I behind her eyes I, was scary. <laughs> I'd leave the TV on. I, what is this? Like, <laughs> but you know, the problem is, the problem is without us going to the topic, <laughs> the problem is, is when it suddenly turns. So when yeah. you think it's one genre and then suddenly yeah. it becomes something else and because you've already committed, mm-hmm. you don't want to not watch the rest. But yeah, yeah my gosh, that was, uh, <laughs> wow. I forgot about that swiftly. I thought mm. you were going to talk about the, uh, Amazon Prime one. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as, we, as we digress. Sorry, listen. <laughs> no, but I, I think there is something about, and I just love the fact that, first of all, you can have situations that cause stress. Mm-hmm. And it's also important to avoid things that cause stress mm, too, yes. right? Like I think it yes. goes both ways. So, yes. you know, stress can be unpredictable, but there's also not kind of touching on the soft life, but you can live life in such an intentional way yeah. to not enable more stress in your life yes. than you need. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, uh, uh, when you said that, I mean, we're not doing this and maybe this is when you'll, you'll call me on for another show. But even when I think about a lot of times with clients and we talk about relationships and a word I use is I'm like, guys, is this sounding toxic? And, 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 you're throwing words like trauma bonds, but we're still in this. We're, we're, we're still in this. And and you have control over how some of this plays out, you know? So but we'll, we'll just leave that there to another show. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what I mean about when it comes to situations. Mm. Sometimes we don't know if it's stress or we don't even know if yeah. it's causing us stress. I yeah. suppose in that instance with your client, mm. they obviously recognize that they needed to speak to someone at some point. Um, yes. But I think it's also so easy for us to sweep certain situations yes. under the carpet yeah. and just think like, oh, you know, that's what that is what it is. But I think you kind of touched on this sense of being really honest about how something makes you feel. Yeah, because I think that's almost like one way of acknowledging that, you know, I might be feeling stress. And I think just to kind of lead then on to this idea of anxiety because you know I asked you offline mm-hmm. is there a difference between these two things are they interchangeable yes. you know when people say I feel really anxious mm-hmm. you know I always used to think that was a sense of kind of nervous energy mm-hmm. but it obviously you know as, as you've acknowledged it is something that can be quite detrimental to your to your mental health so yes. could you maybe help define sort of the difference between the two things if if there is a difference I I think I'd say anxiety is the body's reaction to stress. So I feel like most times the stress will come first and then the anxiety is going to come after. But as we kind of acknowledged earlier that stress, it's the reaction to something. Something has happened to lead me to being stressed, you know, where we talk about anxiety, just a constant excessive fear or worry when there's no apparent threat. So, yeah. So I find a lot of clients are just the preempting things, the worry about things, and we're not there yet. And oftentimes I have to tell people, let's let's slow the car down because you're in gear five and you can't stay in gear five. We need to bring you down to gear one because you're worrying about this thing and we're not there yet. I always use the analogy of a, of a rocking chair. You're sitting in a chair, can't stay worrying, and you're not moving anywhere. 
what's the reality of this coming to fruition? And one of the things and the, the tips I often give my clients, what are the facts? What are the facts today? February, I can't remember the date, is 10th at 6.45. What are the facts at this point? We're not talking about next week, next month. What are the facts now? You know, so. You know, I tried to drop that on somebody and they just- <laughs> It's like they wanted to slap me. <laughs> I mean, you must trigger something, girl. You know, sometimes my people, people might think, oh, she got no empathy whatsoever. But I'm like, yeah. but, please, logic. <laughs> what yeah. is the, I didn't say logic, but it was like, yeah. but let's actually focus on the facts of the situation. Yeah. And so to that point, and maybe this leads to my next question about how do you support people? Mm. If someone tends to maybe just see the glass as half empty or assume the worst, is yeah. it likely that, they are feeling anxious or they have anxiety or, or dealing with the situation in an anxious way? I guess, again, if they see the glass half empty, for me, it depends. Because if this is a thing, if this is a constant behavior, this might be an, an anxiety thing here. And again, you know, anxiety then, there's so many different disorders in terms of social anxiety we could be talking about bipolar it just there's so many different categories that can fall this can fall into but i guess when you're talking about our friends you kind of get a sense in terms of patterns of behavior okay this person's kind of constantly in this constant state of worries i wouldn't say it's not normal but in, when we talk about people that are functioning on a normal level okay this might be a bit of a flag might be a bit of a sign here it's also recognizing how much we can do in terms of supporting them you know as people, our minds are, are wired to knowing how things are going to work out. I guess that's the problem with anxiety. I feel like it's often rooted in the need to control. I need to know what's happening when, now, you know. So when we have uncertainty, our, our minds aren't wired for that. We don't like it. I guess that's the problem, really. So how much can we support this person in terms of depending on how anxious they are? And maybe they might need to speak to someone. And the reality is they might still speak to someone and, you know, I support clients and the reality is I have to tell them, you might always be an anxious person. You just be, you're just able to manage it a little bit better, you know? So, so yeah. then to that point, yes, there's only so much support you can do, but what does support look like? Cause you know, an old Matilda might've been quick to jump to a solution, yeah. you know, yeah. and just say, sis, it sounds like you need therapy. And so many <laughs> straight, like, it's like, excuse me, what are you trying to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. but, and maybe they very well do, but, yeah. you know, what is a way that people can so sh- show support? And, and actually, that's kind of a bit of a true story where, mm-hmm. you know, someone who shall remain nameless, because I don't know mm-hmm. who's in this part. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> There was a point where I actually said, yo, you may need to see someone. And they were kind of low-key offended. And this was years ago. So this was before mental health was probably even like, you know, considered Mm. as something we should even explore and do something about. But I just remember them almost feeling quite offended. And it almost became a thing where, do we stage an intervention? Can you stage an intervention? Mm. And... I've kind of heard that when it comes to mental health, that person has to admit they have a problem. Like someone yeah. can't swoop in like, you know, no, unless there's a harm to themselves, but someone can't just swoop yeah. in and be like, yo, we need yeah. to take you to see a, a counselor, you know? Yeah. I mean, okay. So I always feel like tone is so important, even with me as a therapist, you know, my client's like, Karen, we know where we stand with you. I mean, Matilda knows me well, my face, 
<laughs> I mean, there's many times Middle's like, go for your face. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> so my clients know. I think there's something about obviously our tone <laughs> and how we approach it because it's such a, a tricky subject. I think first and foremost, it's just listening because people want to be heard. You know, most time people want to just feel like they're being heard and they're being supported because I have friends and sometimes I've talked to them like, guys, don't need you to psychoanalyze me today. Just want you to listen to me. (laughs) Please, (laughs) please. So we have to be careful we don't fall into that territory, especially because there's so much knowledge out there now and so much information, you know, and everyone's so self-aware. So I say the first point is just listening, just listening. And that within itself is support. As I said, if it's an ongoing thing, at some point, you probably are going to have to suggest. And the person might be offended because you're probably revealing a mirror and you're triggering something in them, which they know they need to be doing. And we can't, you know, at some point, even when I have clients, it's like, well, I'm going to have to say things that you're not going to like, because otherwise I'm going to be enabling the behavior. And that's the job that I have to do. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if I even answered what you you asked, but I think the first point, as I said, it comes back to that safe space, listening showing support and then at some point yeah you might be talking about staging an intervention as we know we can't force what's the analogy can't force a horse to drink water or something yeah yeah you can't unless the person's ready then yeah we could suggest it ten thousand times everybody would have a family intervention a meeting though the boss is at work i know many people i'm thinking therapy would be so good what I know they're also not ready to do that journey. Sure. Um, I don't deny or (laughs) I I am under no illusions and I'm sure you you won't deny either (laughs) that your job probably comes with its own stresses. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I probably underestimate that actually, Matilda. (laughs) Yeah. So just as a final question, which I ask all my guests now, how do you finesse your wellness? So what are the things that you do for self-care, to show love to yourself, to make sure that wellness is at the forefront of your mind and that you are prioritizing your well-being? Well, before I go into finesse wellness, one thing that I want to improve on, because Matilda knows so well, is sleep. So it's, you know, how ironic that me, the therapist, tells my clients all these tips and tools. It's like, girl, you're not sleeping enough, but we're working on that. But in terms of things that help me exercise has always been my go-to and uh, joined a few of Matilda's fly girl challenges and so forth what exercise really helps me unwind and de-stress I think that's my my go-to I like escapism in I guess certain box sex and tv and just meeting up with friends and eating good food but exercise has always been at the top I think if I didn't exercise I'm not sure I'd be able to do this job if I'm being honest. So yeah, it helps me switch off. Obviously helps me feel good about myself. If you don't feel good, you're going to look good. So yeah. Amazing girl. Thank you so much for this chat. Um, Where can people go to find out more about you, your services, what you offer? Um, Because I know you share a lot of great tips and advice um, on these socials. So yeah. How can people tap in? Okay. So you can visit my website, which is Karen Hartley, Karen with a K, Hartley, H-A-R-T-L-E-Y.co.uk. Sounds really bad. I forgot both of my Instagram handles. So my personal one is K underscore H-A-R-T. I think my therapy one is Karen underscore Hartley 
underscore. I've probably done myself a disservice there because I can't remember my handles, but go to my website and you'll find all the other details. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Stress is one of those sneaky things in our life, which if we don't face with intention can become the kind of problem that no one really wants. But the good news is there is something we can do about it whenever it rears its ugly head. So here are my top three takeaways. Number one, stress can show up in different ways. So pay attention to the way your body is reacting to anything that might be perceived as a threat or a significant change. Number two, Safe spaces, especially where you can talk, are absolutely 100% fundamental to dealing with stress. Keeping things to yourself and bottling it up doesn't do yourself any favors. And while I know that might require a degree of vulnerability to open up, acknowledging you're going through something is a positive step towards getting through it. That could be friends, that could be a therapist, but wherever you can find a safe space, it is important to use it. And finally, number three, movement can really help. There is way too much research that shows and proves the benefit of exercise. It reduces stress hormones and stimulates the production of endorphins, and these help you feel more relaxed, and that is so great for your mental health. In any movement, whether it's running, walking, dancing, it all matters to get those stress gremlins out of here, okay? (laughs) So I hope you enjoy this episode of Finesse Your Wellness, brought to you by Fly Girl Collective, a space for Black women and women of color who want to level up their wellness and lifestyle. You can follow Fly Girl Collective on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or sign up to our mailing list at flygirlcollective.co for lovely tips, goodies, and invites delivered straight to your inbox. Also, if you loved what you heard, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening. Catch you on the next episode.